0: Earlier this year, I introduced you to a small family business on a mission to prove that great coffee needs no disguise. Sourcing fair trade organic beans, Shepherd's Crook Coffee is air roasted for a less acidic, smoother cup. And owner roaster Laura Sweden is excited to introduce a new blend to a lineup this fall called the Homestead Blend with natural roasting notes of cocoa, brown sugar and honey. With sampler packs, subscription plans, and flat rate shipping anywhere in the United States, Shepherd's Crook Coffee is proud to offer an exclusive discount to my listeners. Just visit shepherdscrookcoffee.com and use the discount code Heidi at checkout for 25% off your order. Shepherd's Crook Coffee, crafted with love. Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. I'm glad you guys have joined me at Off The Bench. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to get off the bench and onto the battlefield with me. Today, I've got a couple of guests in the studio. So for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, check it out. We've got some guests here. Jennifer Heine Withy and Keith Adams are here. They have teamed up these two powerful organizations, Parents' Rights in Education and the Family Policy Institute of Washington coming together to equip churches and parents to help get involved in what's happening in our education system. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so I'm glad you guys have joined me today. I reminded you last weekend that I am getting ready to do a study on identity at Strong International. I think this is one of the big reasons why we're struggling so much in the culture right now is that we have forgotten that we are who God says we are. We're not defined by our gender. We're not defined by a political stance. We're not defined by what's happening around us. The culture might be in crisis, but the church doesn't have to be. We need to get back to teaching the Word of God. It's one of the reasons why I'm so excited to have my guests in studio with me. Jennifer Heine Withy and I have been friends for a long time. I met her on the front lines of fighting the comprehensive sex education that's come into our public schools. We started hanging out years ago when I was going to school board meetings and talking to school board members. She has worked in coalition with several Washington grassroots organizations fighting against the sexual indoctrination of children in the public school system. She's the leader Of the first, Parents, Rights, and Education State chapter outside of Oregon. Jennifer's mission is to empower parents and enlighten communities through education, activation, and motivation. Keith Adams is here with me also. He is representing the Family Policy Institute of Washington. You guys are familiar with that because we've had guests on before with FPIW. He's worked in management roles in Warehouser for 40 years before moving on to work for the Billy Graham Association uh, and his posting there happened several years before joining FPIW. I'm so thrilled to have him here with me. You guys, thank you for coming to the studio today.
1: We're so glad to be here. Thank
0: you for having us. So we've got huge issues happening in the culture right now. And in the intro of the show today, I said the culture might be in crisis, but the church doesn't have to be. And before the show, Keith, you, you quoted William Wilberforce, one of my heroes of the faith, who said, you may choose to look the other way. But you can never say again that you did not know. Uh, I've been talking about what's happening in our schools for years and years and years. And in fact, this has been the mission of my family now for over 25 years is to give parents options to the disaster that is the public school system. How did you I'm going to start, Keith, with you and then Jennifer, I'll, I'll move on. But Keith, how did you become interested in the issue of education, because FPIW is, a, is a, a Christian organization. It's really focused on policy and what's happening here in Washington state. And education, a lot of people would say, well, it's outside of that. How did you become interested in what's happening in our government school system to the point of wanting to partner with parents' rights in education?
1: Well, one, one reason is because I met you, Heidi, and I came and I realized the calling of God that you had to uh, get kids not only necessarily out of public school, but to educate parents and grandparents. In our state alone, 50,000 grandparents are raising grandkids. I'm, we're raising two, and I know another family who's raising three, so maybe there's 100 or 100,000 kids in our school, and, and they don't know what to do. But someone asked me the other day, Heidi, how do you feel, Keith? How do you feel about America? And I, I just want to quote this. This is, this is how I feel. Living in the United States at the moment feels like the 1998 Pixar film, A Bug's Life. Do you remember that? Okay. In the the primary plot, a handful of grasshoppers bully and terrorize an ant colony into harvesting and providing food for them year after year after year. When one ant, Flick, stands up for the ants, a couple of grasshoppers want to shrug it off. He's just a puny ant. They scoffed. The head bully, Hopper, won't stand for it. You let one ant stand up to us, Hopper warns, then they may all stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us at least 100 to 1. If they ever figure out that out, where goes our life? There it goes down the toilet. We figured it out. Ants of the world unite. Isn't that where we are? I mean, when you think about the, the Christians and the parents and the grandparents who, if if we united, and especially... If the churches in our state, and there's 4,700 churches and pastors united in this one cause about the whole aspect of they are coming after our kids and grandkids, they are not going to stop until they win. And we are going to be the gap, we're we're going to be the, the wall, and we're going to stop that, and we're going to do everything we can by being involved in education, by giving parents options. And exactly what you're doing, Heidi. I and mean, that's what it's all about, yeah. I think. Yeah, so Ants so of the world unite. I and love parents, that. Yeah.
0: When well, there are more of us, right? We're being pushed around now Correct. by ideologues and by people who have gained somehow political power, being pushed around by the National Educators Association. I think that most of the parents don't want this stuff taught to their children, but uh, the school systems really don't care about that. And they're being pushed by an agenda that's far greater, I think, than we understood even yeah. 15 years ago. Jennifer, uh, how did you get involved? I met you really on the front lines of this thing uh, because of the school board meetings, and I was like, "Man, this is a girl. I could I could be friends with her." <laughs> it takes courage to stand up to the bullies, you know, to the hoppers of of, of the education system. Uh, how did you get involved in this in this topic? What kind of what got you off the bench?
2: Well, when I saw a um, a curriculum coming into my kid's school, a sex ed curriculum. That was going to be teaching them about and that's gender. that's here in Washington, right? It's right here in Washington, in uh, our little town of Battleground, Washington. Um, and it's a, con- it's a conservative town. Mm-hmm. And our school board had a curriculum put in front of them that was teaching gender identity, sexuality, uh, different types of sex, advocacy, all these things that had never been taught to kids in sex ed before and is not the purview of the public school system. And I was sickened that my kid's school was going to be teaching this. And that's how I got involved. And, you know, I I learned very quickly about um, the risks in standing up um, and what can happen when you try to uh, alert people on social media, I got some pretty harsh backlash. But you know, I'm still here. And for the people who are afraid to stand up, I always tell them, what? Because somebody's going to say something not so nice on social media? Yeah, try running for Congress. <laughs> <laughs> try running for Congress. No, but you know, thanks. No, thanks. try <laughs> living in uh, another country. Try living in China right? Um, or uh, it's some of the, the communist countries.
0: Yeah, we have an opportunity to stand up right now. Um, what is happening? Like if you, if you could boil it down, uh, what is happening in the public school system right now that's, that's got the two of you so fired up?
2: We have um, uh, advocates for um, indoctrination. And and what that is are people that are using the public school system to further a social agenda, and that social agenda it it's a it's based in Marxism, and uh, it and that's what it all comes down to. You hear about um, critical race theory, or uh, comprehensive sexual education, um, social emotional learning. All three of these have one thing in common, and that is activism. They're teaching activism in all three of these areas. The, uh, the gateway drug really is social-emotional learning. Try And, you know, educators will tell parents, look, we're teaching kids um, about empathy. their uh, empathy yeah. and uh, how to be a good friend, teaching kids about their feelings. But you know, if you go into the standards for social-emotional learning, one of the aspects is advocacy. So they're telling kids how they should feel in certain circumstances, how they should feel when their friend is being bullied and they need to stand up for their friend. Yes, yes, they do. But then they go further. Okay, your friend um, is... Identifying as the opposite gender, you need to empathize with your friend, and then you need to stand up for yeah. your and and then you need to be involved in a campaign to advocate for
0: transgender. Hence, hence the activism. There's yes, a, where the and
2: activism it, comes it goes in. Sure. on further. Yeah, in um, uh, sex ed, you need to accept every type of sexuality. Every type of identity, every type of sexual activity, because you can't judge. We need to be positive, and we need to support each other.
0: Yep. That's the yep. social
2: emotional yep. uh, element yes. coming into it. Mm-hmm. So SEL, social emotional learning, they start this right away in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. It morphs into this activism as kids go up in grade level. Yeah, and then they start introducing. Uh, sexual education earlier and earlier, um, all the way down to kindergarten. Well, now. this goes
0: back to Kimsey, which I've talked about on yes, my show many times. This guy who believed that children are sexual from birth. And this is the ideology that's infected our school system and is so prevalent right now. Keith, the Family Policy Institute of Washington has a long history <laughs> of advocating for policy changes. And letting people know about legislation that is uh, being, you know, potentially being adopted or going to be voted on, so that citizens can contact their legislators. Here in Washington State, the uh, the Democrats and the far left have what's called a supermajority uh, in both houses, right in the state houses in Olympia, which puts Washington State at terrible risk. So we have an opportunity in, a, in an upcoming election to change that which is why it's so important you know for uh, for people to vote for people to get involved but fbiw is going farther now than uh than what's happening legislatively and you are getting pastors and uh and legislators to come on board and be aware of what's happening in the public school we're going to take a quick break and when we come back i want to hear your answer to where you think parents should Got go it. next Right. So before the break, Keith, I was talking about what FPIW has been doing and what they are doing now. How important is it that parents, whether their kids are in the public school system or not, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're single, how important is it for the citizens of uh, Washington State in particular, which is where you guys are focused? But this is a national show and even worldwide. So there are a lot of people listening to this from their living room in Kentucky right now going, you know, why does it matter for me? And I'm starting to sound like a, like I'm beating a dead horse because I talk about this, you know, every day here at the show. But I'm going to keep beating the horse until it's nothing but ashes, until people start listening. Why, Keith, should, why does it matter that we care about what's happening in our education system? You know, we'll
1: talk in a minute about uh, something that uh, we are partnering to do, and that is uh, to bring a summit. Uh, because uh, education is in a crisis stage in, in so many ways. And so we're bringing a summit to different areas in our state. We're going to talk about that in a little while. But I had I had someone come up to me, Heidi, and um, she was very upset. And I said, well, what's, what's going on? He said, well, my two grandkids are in public school. And I it just scares me. I'm learning some of the things that, that that's going on and what they're teaching. And I said, I've, I, what do we do about it? And I said, you need to know that this has been going on for decades, yes. decades. Yeah. Most people do not understand that. When in, in the 60s, when they said, you know what, in fact, when I went to Normandy Park Elementary, when I was in the sixth grade, I was one of the kids that read a Bible verse, and oftentimes they'd ask me to pray before we started school. That's gone. All, of that's, all that's gone out of, out of our public education. And a question I would ask, every parent and every grandparent, whose children are they? The documentary that came out, Whose Children Are They? I would recommend that you watch that. Because it is an eye-opener. And what what so many want want parents and grandparents to see and to know is that really they don't belong to you anymore. Now they belong to us, the public school system, because we're going to indoctrinate them. We're going to start when they're very young. Jennifer, kindergarten, I've got nine kids that have gone through public school uh, a number of years ago. It ain't the same anymore. That's right. It's different now. Mm-hmm. And we've got two more kids that we are raising Last year, they were in public school. They are now being uh, homeschooled by my wife, who was a former teacher, because even in a small school district, like so many parents have small, you think, well, it's not going to really affect us because we're all community, right. and, but that is not true. And uh, I had another gal come to me and said, well, what do I do? I mean, how do I find out what's going on? I said, have you ever been to a school board meeting? And her question, her answer was, can I go to a school board meeting? Right. So I took the next 5 to 10 minutes and I outlined what you do at a school board meeting. That's at a minimum a parent and a grandparent how they can get involved to find out what's going on and then speak up. In my community I have three districts and I attend every school board meeting. Fortunately they're on different nights. They know I'm going to be there. They know I'm a grandparent. They know I'm an advocate for for kids and I am not afraid in any way to be a um a Dietrich Bonhoeffer of 2022, and I will not be silent. And parents and grandparents need to understand they cannot, can no longer be silent. That time has passed. So FBIW is an advocate of that. We've got an executive director. Excuse me. Actually, he's a school board. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's our board chairman, and he is pro uh, everything we're doing on these summits and education and informing parents and grandparents because you said it, Heidi, it's all about the vote. And the conservatives do not have the vote in the legislature, and unless that changes, it makes the uh, the road to get where we want to go very much, uh, very, very difficult.
0: Yeah, it's very yeah, difficult. Very difficult for sure. And it, it's amazing, you know, to me as we were we were talking about this before we started recording, and and uh, and Jennifer, I guess I would throw this out at you. I I said before the show today that I feel like it's not going to be enough anymore for us to tell parents you've got to get your kids out of school. We've got to give them practical. Uh, practical solutions. That's why the Homeschool Resource Center exists. Jay and I saw, my husband and I saw the handwriting on the wall years ago. We saw this coming. And so we began to pray about how the Lord might use our family to start what you're, the center that you're sitting in right now. So, Firmly Planted Family <laughs> is the, the overarching nonprofit organization that we started 25 years ago, which, like FPIW, has a mission to support the family. Education is just a part of that. But what we've seen happen is it's become the biggest part Mm -hmm. because of what's happening to uh, our students. So when you look at what options are out there for parents right now, let's say a mom comes to you because there are a lot of people listening to this right now going, I want to, but I'm terrified. Like, I don't know if I can teach my child to read. I don't know. Uh, What do you tell parents that are terrified to take their kids out of school because they don't feel qualified because they don't know where they, where they get to help. What, what's your answer?
2: Well, my first
0: answer is
2: I understand, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I, I totally understand. Um, but you know, our, it, it, this is a crisis. If our kids were in a burning building. Right. And you know, your kids were in there. You would stop at nothing to go into that burning building and pull them out, even if you had a horde of your friends and families in front of you saying, it's not on fire. That building's not on fire. They're fine. You wouldn't care. You'd go in. So now we're at a crisis point. Mm -hmm. But we are so fortunate in these days. There are so many resources out there. The first place I always send people to is the website HSLDA. And that's
0: a a homeschool, uh, okay, you know it, Heidi. Yeah, well, in in full disclosure, I sit on the board of HSLDA. So Uh it is the the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. It is the world's largest uh, advocacy group for homeschooling. And so if parents are interested in home education, you can go to HSLDA.org. And click on your state, and you can immediately find access to the law. That's the thing you have to know first. What is the law in my state? Because it's different from state to state. Homeschooling is legal in all 50 states. But every state has, you know, little tweaky little differences. Uh, Washington, for example, is different than Oregon. And so I always tell people, go there first. And then you can also find organizations. Because we don't have to do this in a vacuum, right? We Right. We can have community, which I think is really important.
1: Parents are not alone. Parents are not alone, neither grandparents are not alone. Not alone. There are resources there, yeah.
2: Yes. And so that's the first place I send them. Then I also uh, look at the local resources to get them hooked up with. You know, there are Facebook pages that are for homeschoolers, and they're local. They're people who live in your community. Um, I know of two of them here in Clark County, and they can get, Support from other homeschool families. But I also try to get them um, information about homeschool pods that are in the area, Um, churches who have uh, started homeschool resources. If they live here in Southwest Washington, I always uh, tell them about the Homeschool Resource Center. Uh, You know, my church has a, um, it's called Wednesday Connect. And it's in the morning and it's for homeschool families. Uh, you can sign your kids up for classes, and they go for a couple hours in the morning. So I always get them try to get them plugged in in their local area with resources mm-hmm. that are right there. Um, you know, and through these resources, they can find curriculum for their kids. They can get help with that. But then I also tell them, look um We have a vested interest in our kids and in their learning. A teacher sees a a child for, you know, nine months, eight and a half months, and then that child moves on. They don't have a vested interest. We're going to be with with our kids, hopefully, for the rest of our lives. And if you think about it, every single year, who is it that wins the National Spelling Bee? Homeschoolers.
1: Yeah, right, on. right on. Yeah. So it's
2: homeschoolers. Have faith in yourself. Yeah. You can do this. Yeah. You yeah. can do this. And you know, I wanna make a comment about why this is a national issue. The National Teachers Union is so embedded into uh this indoctrination. They are totally on board with critical race theory and social emotional learning and uh Um, comprehensive sexual education, totally on board with Mm -hmm. it and are pushing it hard. Mm -hmm. Right now, the Biden administration is considering a change to Title IX. And Title IX is what gave um, women and girls an equal opportunity in schools, in sports, gave them privacy in bathrooms, locker rooms, that sort of thing. The Biden administration is now considering a change
0: that will add, will add gender identity to Title IX. Yeah, and actually, at the time that this podcast airs, uh, that 12. decision, that decision yeah. uh, the time for public comment will be over. So right. I spent right. three days on the show last week explaining Title IX to my audience, giving them the links that public mm-hmm. comment is so important. Because mm-hmm. if, if they are successful, this wicked administration who is hell-bent on targeting children, if they are successful— It will mean that every publicly funded school and university, so grade school, high school, and university, will be affected by the radical revision of Title IX. We're out of time for today, but I want to ask really quickly before we go. Keith, you guys are doing uh, a summit that's coming up, and we can talk about this tomorrow some more. But I want to give people the opportunity, for those of them who are in Washington State, to hear about this and uh, come if they're able. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. I, I had a gal call me. Uh, A couple of months ago, and she introduced herself on the phone and she said, we got a big problem up here in Bellingham. And I said, what's going on? Yeah, you do. I said, (laughs) we have someone on our school board that owns a sex shop called Wink Wink. And she proceeded to explain what this is all about and said, what are we going to do? She is actually indoctrinating kids with drag queen story hours at her sex shop. And uh, well, so and, hold on and, a
0: second, because I haven't talked about this on the show yet. No, Okay, there's so many things to talk about, <laughs> but I, I want people to know: yeah. this is a, a a person who's affiliated with the public school system who owns a sex toy, sex she's novelty shop. She's on the school shop. board. She's on the school yeah, board, correct. and she's opened up her shop to little children. Yeah. So they're going to come into this shop and be surrounded by Lord only knows what kind of things that are sitting on the shelves and hanging from the walls yeah, and all yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. And she's got a drag queen in there, uh, ostensibly reading books. To children. Okay. The right. scary
1: part about that is she scheduled a drag queen story hour at her sex shop. Uh, it got so full, she had to schedule another one. Now she's in the process of scheduling a third one. You think, how could that possibly be? How could that happen? Because parents don't know what's going on. And so that started that call, the whole thing with Jennifer and I said, okay, what are we going to do? We've got to do something. We can no longer mm-hmm. be silent. Silence and invasive evil is evil itself. We're not going to go there. And so we got a team together in Bellingham to bring a summit together of very important speakers to talk about some of the things we've been talking about, alternatives, uh, uh, co-ops, and how to do that, and what's going on in public schools and why it's happening. Jim Walsh, our representative uh, in uh, our legislature, is going to be there. Uh, When he he heard about it, he said, hey, I want to come. I want to talk. So he's very involved. But that started the summit. The first one we're going to have is in Bellingham. We've also got a request to do one in Tumwater. Edmonds, Spokane, to bring people together of like mind. Here's what you can do, but inform them. This is what's going on. It's amazing, Heidi, Jennifer. How many parents and schools are used as a babysitter? Uh, and I, you know, I understand that. I get that. We've raised nine kids, right? Uh, and so you say, well, how do I do? How do we do that? I mean, what do we do? And how do we get? How are we going to do this at home? There's a lot of issues, a lot of questions. Our our objective, one of them in our summit, is to bring people together to say, here's some solutions, here's some ideas. This yeah, is, these that's are what we need right now. Yeah, solutions, yeah.
0: we need ideas. This is yeah. happening, uh, when is it happening? October
1: the, tw- October the 15th on a Saturday. It's coming up.
0: So coming up on October 15th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. in be Bellingham, Bellingham, Washington. Yeah. If people want to get hold of you, Jennifer, how, how, do they reach, how do they reach you? They can go to parentsrightsined.org
2: and um, click on the contact page. Um, Better yet, click on Join Us and fill that out and actually join us. When they do, they're going to get the resources that Parents' Rights in Education provides. They get our national newsletter. They get my newsletter if you're in the state of Washington. Also, um, if you're in Washington state, every month I have a Zoom meeting that I bring uh, guests on. This last one, I had a panel of school board directors from around the state So people can get on and just ask them questions. A lot of frustrations come from parents when they try to talk to their school board directors, and they won't talk to them at all. And so they were able to uh, talk with these directors and get some answers. Uh, How
1: do they reach out to you? You can go to uh, FBIW Mm -hmm. uh, online, Mm -hmm. and you can can subscribe to uh, all of our information. We've got a whole section in there about education in schools. Mm -hmm. I do a blog every Monday. And one of the things I've been concentrating on, Jennifer has seen it, uh, it's that they are coming after your kids yep. and your grandkids. we got to include grandkids in there. And um, we want to tell parents so every Monday a blog comes out. Uh, and I just had one from a mayor, a mayor, uh, I hope you can I hope you can see that, in um, Toppenish. And she called me and she was so upset because she went to a school board meeting to speak on the curriculum She called pastors in the whole area. Please join me. Please come and and offer to speak at the school board. She called me. She said, Keith, one pastor showed up who was retired.
0: Hey, man, you're ruining my great segue. And
1: she didn't even even talk. She said, what are we going to do? How are we going to get pastors to understand we are in crisis? So, So you can go there and subscribe and get our information. Uh, just like with uh, Jennifer. So. so
0: for more information, uh, so we're out of time. This is going to be the the topic that we're going to pick up tomorrow is Got it. what's going on in our churches, because frankly, the churches are part of the problem. And we're going to talk about how that happened and what the solutions are. For more information on parents' rights in education and the Family Policy Institute of Washington, you guys can go to com forward slash podcast. Scroll down and I will have all this information, including a link to how you can register to go to this education summit that's happening coming up on the 15th of October in Bellingham, Washington. Thank you guys so much for coming. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you, Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and